G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, the coronavirus is causing a great deal of uncertainty for many as we negotiate the effects on individual livelihoods and the economy. We're also witnessing some completely unforeseen effects on family, faith and freedom. Now, some have taken advantage of the situation to push their agenda. Well, let's welcome Damien Wild, who leads the Australian Family Coalition, back with us today. Hi, Damien. Welcome back. Good to talk to you, Neil. Damien, uh, you've got your kids home. You've got a large family. <laughs> no doubt things are for you at the moment. Uh, you know, you're going through the whole mill because, uh, you know, you're working and uh, doing dad and everything as well. So uh, how are things working for you? Well, you talked about this new environment, Neil. It's, it's certainly a strange new environment. Uh, like many people, I suddenly find myself a homeschooler. Uh, I find us doing virtual church over the weekend, uh, plugging my laptop into the big screen TV for the kids. Uh, but, you know, I think like a lot of people, um, you know, our children are resilient and I think as a family we're doing quite well. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you know, when we talk together, uh, it's usually around uh, this a common theme, which it is for the Australian Family Coalition, family, faith and freedom. I mean, those go so hand in hand. Uh, Damien, when we talk family, faith and freedom, this is now more important than ever to be discussing how these things work. Absolutely. I think as we see many societal bonds broken or at least temporarily suspended, um, family takes on a whole new meaning, a whole new dimension. Uh, the government can do all the sort of good things it can try to do to help the economy and so on. But at the end of the day, I think people are starting to really rediscover and renew their understanding of just how important the family is. Yes, and uh, much more of that to come. And no doubt on this program, we'll be talking lots about how family functions and works together in this new environment that we find ourselves in. Hey, while this... Uh, crisis is capturing the imagination of the world. Uh, of course, there are those who are pushing through their uh, own agendas and they continue to do so. Uh, I wonder whether you've got some thoughts on some of the things that might be happening undercover, under the cover of coronavirus. Uh, some things have been happening. I know that, uh, I know that you draw attention to uh, some developments in New Zealand where even though they're just doing their thing with coronavirus, uh, they've pushed through some pretty severe abortion laws too. Yes, I mean, to be fair to them, they, they were looking into those laws for some time before this, this crisis came. But I think it's particularly telling that when their entire country is going into lockdown, as, as it now is, you know, one of the final acts of their parliament was to speed through these radical extreme abortion laws. That hardly um, inspires confidence in, in their government when that is their priority. Um, they are fairly fairly awful laws, the types of which we've seen slowly rolling out across the states here in Australia. And I think that when governments you know, make those sorts of terrible acts their priority, um, really it calls into question um, you know, whether, whether they've got the best interests of the community in mind. Um, there have been other instances overseas that I could point to as well, Neil, Neil 
uh, and not just governments, but even uh, broader organisations such as the United Nations and the World Health Organisation, which, of course, have come in for a bit of a beating as of late. But one um, aspect of their work which hasn't really been um, in the spotlight enough, I think, has been their comments on abortion. We have heard a lot about essential workers and essential services. Well, those two organisations have gone to, to great lengths to declare abortion and related services to be essential. So it's just, I think, mind-boggling that when so many people are worried about their health, so many people are worried about their livelihoods and putting food on the table for their families, that we have governments and intergovernmental organisations still obsessed with issues like abortion. It's, mm. it's a great tragedy. You know, in the last news bulletin that played just before you and I began our conversation, I heard the story that Donald Trump is withdrawing funding from the World Health Organization uh, over there. Uh, what he's saying is like a negligence uh, dealing with the Wuhan uh, coronavirus. It's interesting when you talk about the World Health Organization and uh, they're seeing abortion as an essential service because somehow or other we do like to think that the World Health Organization is held in high esteem and what they say is all right and, uh, you know, if, if they say something it must be true. But uh, it does draw into some doubt uh, the sorts of things that you might hear from the World Health Organization. That's unsettling in itself, Damien. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, look, I, I risk, Neil, going perhaps a bit beyond the brief of the Australian Family Coalition, but my personal opinion is that uh, they have failed in a great number of regards, and I wholeheartedly endorse Donald Trump's move uh, this morning, our time. And, you know, if it has the, the beneficial effect of making them reconsider some of their other policies as well, then all the better for it. Well, nothing like a crisis to bring people who are policymakers in all sorts of organisations back to the basics. Uh, I note that in the United States, in the state of Texas, uh, they've actually uh, they've actually cancelled uh, abortions uh, due to COVID nineteen. So there are some who are sort of you know they they're getting an idea here that maybe we've got to adjust the way we do things. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we've seen that in a number of US states now, and I think they've even fended off some legal challenges uh, to their ability to try and halt abortions. But their their powers have been upheld. So there are some good things coming out of this, um, even at governmental level. It's not all just uh, retreating to the family lounge room and around the dinner table. Even around the world, there are some good things happening, some signs of hope. Uh, so people should really look to those. Uh, any ideas about whether things are changing in Australia with regards to these sorts of things? Perhaps we're not hit as hard as some of these other nations, but any thoughts on mm. what's happening in Australia? Well, certainly at the parliamentary level, it's a bit of a mixed bag, Neil. Um, in one sense, it is a little bit disconcerting to see various uh, parliaments around the country either scale back their sitting days or suspend parliamentary sitting altogether. Uh, we do live in a democracy. We need to remember that, even in these, these difficult times. And to see governments making some very big decisions, uh, potentially without the sort of normal scrutiny that they would enjoy, is a little bit worrying. But at the same time, there are still um, activist parliamentarians all around the country who are still desperately trying to push their agendas who suddenly find that parliaments are suddenly focused on public health. They're focused on keeping people employed and they don't have any time for uh, radical new abortion laws. They don't have time for euthanasia and assisted suicide. And I don't think this is a bad thing at all. Um, but then, as I said, it is a mixed bag. The flip side of the coin 
we have given extraordinary powers to governments. We've given extraordinary powers in some cases to individuals, uh, whether they be police commissioners and other people who've been declared um, responsible commanders or the like in this, in this in this crisis. And when we give them these sorts of powers, suddenly they have the ability to uh, temporarily suspend laws and to make changes that would normally go through parliamentary debate. One of those, uh, in my own home state of South Australia, there's a talk at the moment about whether, in fact, uh, these emergency commissioners will use their powers to implement so-called telehealth and free up uh, and liberalise more access to abortion, um, completely contrary to uh, debates that are yet to occur in Parliament. So it is really a mixed bag, Neil. Um, and, you know, despite the fact that we're stuck at home, we, we need to remain vigilant and, and be in touch with our lawmakers. In fact, the idea that lawmakers are making suggestions that people are taking as uh, new regulations, uh, these sorts of things are concerning for us because there hasn't been time to go through all sorts of parliamentary processes or processes that might happen even in a local council. Those sorts of things are worrying, aren't they, when there are decisions being made on the run which are not actually attracting opposition debate uh, that actually usually in the tension of that you get some sort of a, a way forward that's workable. Uh, but a lot of decisions being made on the run around the world and no doubt we're seeing that in Australia as well. Absolutely. And we need to ensure, uh, I think, for the sake of democracy and good government, quite aside from what we think of any of these particular decisions, that they are in fact temporary um, Freedom is, is hard won, it's hard fought for, and we need to ensure that at the end of this crisis, no matter how many more weeks or months it lasts, uh, that we restore uh, our society and our institutions as they were. Let's just briefly touch on the issue of religious freedom because while there's been a slowdown on the way that agendas are being pushed through our parliaments, there is a certain reprieve here and a little longer to make sure that the debate is framed in the right way so far as religious freedom. There's a positive there too, Damien. Yeah, that's one of those sides of the coin that I mentioned before. Um, it, it's a strange thing that you know, before last year's federal election, we uh, we saw the clock ticking down against us uh, to try and get some uh, some crumbs from the table after the 2017 marriage vote, when our freedoms were were really at risk. But then, of course, uh, a self-declared by the prime minister, miraculous election result, uh, bought some more time for a better consideration of religious freedom protection. Uh, unfortunately, here we are roughly a year later, and we've still not seen anything like what I, I feel we need and what many Australians feel that we need in terms of adequate protections. But I think while a lot of people are, are really feeling fatigued from that issue and would just like to see something done and, and you know put away, swept under the rug, I think that this crisis, if nothing else, has uh, given us an extra opportunity to consider how best we do these things. We've got the opportunity, we've got the time, there's no point rushing it. We, we really need to make sure, as I've said on, on previous occasions, that in terms of religious freedom, that the, uh, the cure is not worse than the disease. Yes, and uh, there are some priorities that need to be re-evaluated, I imagine, too, as we're uh, talking through these issues. And, of course, that uh, religious freedom is going to be up towards the top of those priorities because, as we've discussed, that 
previous times when we talk religious freedom we're talking about the freedoms of all Australians and there's some major threats coming to those freedoms right now and coming in all sorts of different forms which we won't be able to have time to unpack today but let's uh, let's end our conversation on a on a higher note here if you are reevaluating what your priorities might be as we were talking right from the beginning of our conversation this idea of family of faith and freedom because a lot of us are into all sorts of new forms of social isolation these days and uh, families are thrown together and uh, we're not always used to that and uh, there are some tensions that are evolving in all of that but uh, Damien what are your thoughts for families that are thrown together and and how you might prioritize uh, the way that you think about your family and the way it functions? Well, obviously, it's going to be different for every family. I acknowledge there are some people who are really doing it tough at the moment, and I imagine that you know, depression and anxiety are very real, particularly for those who uh, might be older or find themselves really isolated and alone. Um, I find that with, with six children, I often uh, have the opposite problem, that <laughs> it's just bedlam with everybody stuck at home. But I, I think really, if nothing else, it's a chance for people to evaluate the things that matter. Um, as an organisation, we often bandy around the phrase... Uh, family, faith and freedom uh, to a point where it, it almost seems like a slogan at times but it, it seems to me, Neil, that it's never been more meaningful. Um, we we see the importance of family in this time of isolation and quarantine when churches are closed and um, particularly over the holiest time of the year, Easter, um, many people have had to rediscover and recommit themselves to their faith in a new way and most importantly, perhaps uh, most visibly, I would say, in the current environment, religious freedom seems very abstract to some. But when um, you know people are fearful of perhaps wandering in the park for fear of getting a fine, we really understand all of a sudden that freedom is a very uh, tenuous thing, and we need to to guard it closely. These things, all three of them, family, faith, and freedom, have never been more important. Well, if you did form those as a slogan, family, faith and freedom, uh, those are three words that you can easily remember. They roll off the lips very easily, but they do, in fact, identify uh, just those powerful uh, reprioritizing focuses that we perhaps all need to be thinking about. So uh, how our family fits with our own agenda how our faith fits into our family. And as you say, Damien, we're doing church differently. We're uh, we're watching church online. And uh, in all of those different denominations, everybody's got their way of doing that. But connecting with God uh, through the way that our church is changing, the way that they're delivering uh, those opportunities to connect in faith, that's a positive thing. And as you say... Uh, freedom fits in there too because right now there's still a freedom debate going on in Australia. Uh, As I mentioned, there's lots of issues that are cutting in on our freedoms right now. We hope that there is a sunset clause in some of those things and talking about apps and things like that that will trace people's movements. Uh, There are a lot of issues around privacy. There are a lot of issues around the sorts of freedoms that we are very, very quickly giving up to governments that are making decisions on the run. Uh, Damien, just great getting your insights. I want to thank you very much for taking some time to just uh, shoot the breeze with us today. And I want to point people to the Australian Family Coalition website. It's ostfamily.com.au. Before I let you go here, Damien, uh, I imagine that just like every other uh, organisation like yours, uh, that you're relying on supporters, I imagine that uh, this is a time for uh, new friends and for those who are already supporters to continue their support. What are your thoughts for those who are supporting you? 
Oh, look, it's always incredibly appreciated. We we are not, not here, we don't exist, uh, but for our supporters. Um, but the one thing I would say to people, Neil, is to stay connected first and foremost. And if you're not on our email list, you can certainly sign up at our website. So it's a matter of getting connected. You can do that through the website of the Australian Family Coalition, ostfamily.com.au. Damien Wild, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Always a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.